Okay, okay, okay. Fourth time is the charm. I've recorded this intro now four times now. So let's go. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome back to another episode of A Conversation with Jenna. If this is your first time here, hey, I'm Jenna, and I'm so glad that you're joining me here today. In today's episode, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts and opinions on friendships. I'm also going to be getting into the good and the bad and the ugly of friendships and going to be talking a little bit about my experience in this area. A little disclaimer that you will hear in every episode is this. What I'm about to share with you are my personal thoughts, opinions, and experiences. I am not an expert, nor will everything that I say be factual. Please do yourself a favor, do your own research, and think for yourself. As always, my hope is that my life experiences can help you in your life. So sit back and soak in the goodness. Let's jam!
So let's talk about this topic, friendships. And I have been wanting to record this episode for a long time, but I've but I have been very hesitant to record it because because I just have a lot of thoughts and opinions on it and like my mind changes often on this topic of friendships. And so I guess we'll just start from the beginning. Um I just I guess I'm just like also hesitant because I don't and this is not an advice podcast at all. Like this is my personal journal just experience just sharing my life experiences. But I feel like friendships can be very tricky and very hard to navigate and so me talking about them I want to be sensitive I also know some of my friends listen to this thank you friends for listening and supporting me I very much am grateful for you and appreciate you and it's just like kind of a sensitive subject and I might be the only one who feels that way but I think in friendships like my feelings can get hurt often and I am a very sensitive person like you might not ever know that about me unless you got to really like unless you got to really get to know me. But like my inside is like super sensitive and I try not to take offense to a lot of things because I know that it that's just silly. And like I try to forgive quickly and move on. But friendships are hard. They're hard to navigate through. They're hard to kind of figure out. And especially because like their friendships are not romantic. And so with a friendship, like there's just a whole set of different boundaries. There's a whole set of different like guidelines and like expectations. And I think that that's really where I get tripped up in friendships is because I have an expectation of what this friendship is going to be like. And like 99% of the time, the expectation is never met. So then I end up getting really hurt, which I know that that's my fault because I shouldn't put that expectation on people. But for some reason, I keep doing it to myself. It's like, when am I going to learn the lesson? So yes, now let's just start from the beginning. So growing up, I was bullied um, ever since I can remember. I mean, I had no friends, no friends. And elementary school, no friends was bullied. Junior high, no friends was bullied. High school, no friends was bullied. And then I finally got one friend, like I think it was like my junior year of high school. And we're no longer friends that friendship has ended but I'm like really grateful for her and the time that we did have together and the friendship that we did build but I mean it was like so bad that so I quit cheer so I was a cheerleader in junior high and like even being a cheerleader like nope no friends then in high school so my sophomore year I was a cheerleader but then I had to choose between cheer and dance so because I was like showing up late to games because of dance and so I chose dance which hallelujah that was the best decision I could have ever made but because I like wasn't cheering at the games I had no one to go to the games with and I grew up across the street from my high school like a hop skip and a jump and I'm there that's how close I was and so from my front yard I could see the football field And because I had no friends and because I had no one to go with on Friday nights, I would just sit out on my sidewalk by myself and watch the game. And one way that I would like pretend to have friends is I had told you in a few episodes ago that my family owns a restaurant and we own a pizza restaurant. And I misspoke and I said that it's been in Mesa since 1973, but it's really been since 1976. 
But what I would do to like have friends for the night is I would ask my mom if she could like bring home pizza and then I would invite like the kids that I went to school with or the kids that I kind of hung out with. I would invite them over to have pizza and of course they would say yes. And so I would like, that sounds really bad, but I would like buy their friendship or persuade them to come hang out with me for the night because I would offer pizza. But that's like, that was my life growing up. I've also been always been the type of person to like stand up for justice and to fight what fight for what was right. And I remember in elementary school, one of our teachers, I think he was out like on LOA due to sickness. And so he got a he there was a substitute for his class and her name was Miss Miller. And I believe that this was in fifth grade. And in fifth grade, you like rotated teachers for like three of the subjects. Okay. And Mr. Abraham was the teacher who went out on LOA and he taught science. And so we would go to science with Miss Miller. Well, I had found out that in all of Miss Miller's homeroom classes, well, I guess she just had one, but in her homeroom class, she would not make them do homework. They basically just like partied all day long. But then when it came to my class, she would make us do homework and do the tests and do the studying. Well, when I found out, I was like, that's not fair. And so I told on her. And then the my fifth grade class like found out that it was me. And then I was labeled the Miller killer for the rest of the year. And so that was my childhood. Like that was my experience in elementary school. Like that's some of my experience in high school. I mean, it really sucked. And, you know, looking back, would I have changed anything about it? No because those people weren't really my friends and I'm always going to stand up and fight for what's right. And so call me a whistleblower. Fine. Like if I see something that's done, that's unfair. And if people are treated unfairly, like I'm going to speak up for them and I'm going to fight for them. That's just who I am. And I honestly think that's a really good quality. Okay. I gave you a story from elementary school, from high school. Now let's go to junior high. So in junior high, there was a kid who I remember his name very specifically. I'm not going to say it, but he, on the last day of school, he tried to shave my head. Like this is the type of bullying. I guess I'm talking a little bit about bullying before I go to friends, but like, this is when I tell you I had no friends. So he literally brought like mechanical clippers to school. And on the last day of school, he walked by me. And now, mind you, I think like people knew that he was going to do this. He walked by me close enough. And all of a sudden, I like saw the clippers and heard the clippers like, like just like uh, they didn't actually cut my hair, but they got so close to my head and it just went like vroom, like across my head because he wanted to shave my head. And I did nothing to this kid. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. And I would say that there are times where I had done things and people like maybe I had deserved some of the things that people had done to me. But for you to come to school with clippers to want to shave my head because you hate me that much. Like, what did I do to you? But I didn't do anything like that kid just has low self-esteem and low self-worth and his life probably sucks. Just like the people who called me the Miller killer, their life probably sucks or they're jealous. Like this is what I have dealt with my whole life, like a bunch of jealousy and a bunch of people who just try to project their low self-worth or their really crappy lives onto me. And so like now I just learned to ignore them and I now have self-esteem and I now have self-worth. And so those people like I don't want to be your friend. I don't need to be your friend. Like you can go away and you can go bother someone else because you ain't going to bother me. Something that I've learned from the Enneagram 
is being an Enneagram 2, which that's my primary number, is I get or I can get my self-worth from helping and serving others. And so when we're talking about friendships, I have to really make sure um, that I'm not helping this person or serving this person because I want to make them like me or because I'm trying to get some kind of satisfaction through helping them. Another thing is, is I have to make sure, like, I have to question my motives. Like, Jenna, why are you helping them? Is because you want to make them like you? Well, guess what? You can't make anybody like you, okay? They're going to like you or they're not going to like you. That's something I've also had to, like, figure out and deal with and kind of overcome that, hey, not everybody's going to like me. And also, just recently, I was helping my friend out and I had to stop and ask myself, like, are you, why are you doing this? Are you doing this to, like, earn her friendship? Are you doing this because you really want to do this? Are you doing this because you're lonely? Are you doing this because it's Saturday and you have no other, no other plans and you're single and you don't want to feel bad for yourself? Like, why are you doing this? And I came to the realization I'm doing this because I want to, and I'm doing this because I want to help my friend. And so anybody else out there like me, I think it's good to take inventory of why are you friends with these people? Like, are you trying to get something out of the friendship? Which I don't think that there's anything wrong with that because the friendship should be reciprocal. So I am someone who's like, hey, scratch my back, I'll scratch your back or vice versa. And I think that in friendships, that's totally fine. Um, I even think like the definition of Phila, it's like brotherly love. And brotherly love is you scratch my back, I scratch your back. I also want to to say this to all of the married people out there or to any of my married friends who are listening, please don't forget about your friends. As I am the single person in all of my friend groups, I know I've talked about this before, but everybody else that are my, who are my friends are either married, long-term relationships, married with kids, have kids, whatever it may be. I'm the only single person. And I remember when I was in the long-term relationship, I completely ignored all my friends because I, I was so like obsessed with him. I was so like codependent on him. I was so reliant on him and my identity was in him that I bas- I stopped dancing. I stopped hanging out with my friends. I like put everything that I was passionate about aside so I could be in focus on this relationship. And I'm not going to do that again if I have the chance to get married because friendships are important and it's good for you to like spend time away from your spouse. Now, I know that your spouse needs to be your number one priority. And then I know your kids need to be your second priority. But please don't forget about us. Please don't forget about the fr- your friends. And like, I don't, I, I'm not going to say like, I rely on y'all for my happiness, but I don't have anybody else. Like, I need my friends. You are like my lifeline in this season. Not that you guys like keep me alive, but you know what I mean? Like I don't have a husband to go to, to like talk, to, to talk to, to spend time with, to, to, uh, be there when I'm like mourning or when I'm joyful, right? Like you guys are it. And I don't need like a whole bunch of your time to all my married friends out there, or my friends who are relationships just quality time is my number one love language. So if I can get just like a solid dinner and we could just have like a couple hours of solid conversation or to where you can make me feel seen and heard, or I can make you feel seen and heard like that's going to fill my cup for like a month. 
okay? And then a month will go by and I'm going to become knocking or I'm going to come texting and be like, hey, want to hang out? And if you could just like give me like a couple hours of your time, I mean, it is so appreciated. And I think people whose um, number one love language is quality time, they know exactly what I'm talking about. Like what can you can get with the people that you love and the people that you care about, Mm, it's just so good and it just fills my cup so so much but I also know like people aren't as relational as me I also think people don't like aren't as needy as me although I don't think I'm that needy I I think that my expectation is that if we're going to be friends like we're gonna we're going to hang out at some point in time you know what I mean like Like that's one reason why I don't have social media is because I think it is so shallow and because I don't just want to see the highlights of your life. If we're friends, like my expectation is that we're going to walk through life together, like that you're going to bring me in in the hard times and in the happy times, because that's what I'm going to do with you. So just a heads up, if we're going to be friends, like I'm going to lean on you when I need you. When I'm in a dark place, like I was this summer, I leaned on my friends this summer and they were there for me. I mean, I even had one friend who she was on vacation in LA. I was having a panic attack. I texted her, hey, are you free? She said, call me. I called her. I said, what are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm in LA. I completely forgot she was in LA, but she stepped aside. She stepped away from her friend group and whatever she was doing on vacation to talk to me. Like, bless you. And I love you so much for doing that. Like that is a true friend. Those are the people that I'm looking for, that we're going to walk through life together, that we're going to be there for each other. And this is, again, back to the social media, like it's so shallow. I don't care about your highlights. And if we're going to be in a relationship, like we're going to talk and we're going to communicate like I'm a communicator. We're going to text. We're going to have phone calls. We're going to go and eat dinner together. I'm going to go to your house. You're going to come to my house. Like we're going to be in community and like be in each other's lives. But unfortunately, like there's not a lot of people out there who have that same expectation or who like value the same thing that I do. I mean, I I have like a I have a few friends who really value those things and I'm really thankful. But then I have those other friends who they're like married and like busy with their lives. And I just feel like they don't have time for me. And that hurts my heart. Again, my number one my number one love language is quality time. So we don't have time for me. It just I have to like refocus and I have to remind myself, hey, like she still loves you and she still cares about you. She's just really busy with her own life. And that's a hard, hard thing that I have to like swallow and I have to like mentally like prepare for and to realize they still love you. They're just busy. Going back to what I said about being a communicator, I need to know how many people, how many people out there have friends who are terrible texters. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. And like I have a friend. Well, I think we're still friends and she lives out of state and I texted her literally four weeks ago. It'll be four weeks ago in two days and she hasn't responded. And she is a notoriously bad texter. And I've actually talked to her about this and like she was working on it. But now it's been four weeks. And what's so funny is I was having a conversation with another friend about how I keep getting in relationship with these people who are terrible texters and she looked at me and she goes well maybe they don't want to be your friend anymore and I wanted to look at that my friend and be like well you're one of the people who are terrible texters so does that mean you don't want to be my friend anymore (laughs) like it's just how how come this is true like don't don't you text people back like aren't aren't you thinking about it like okay I need to text her back okay I need to text her back like 
am I the only one who like cares? Am I the only one? You know, and I might not get back to you within the same day because I want to be able to be in a place to where I could like read your text and respond appropriately. So it might be like 24 hours. I'll get back to you. But four weeks, it's been four weeks, guys. Like there might need to be a serious conversation if she ever does. Because see, here's the thing. I'm not going to text her again because I'm the friend who if you don't respond to me within a certain amount of time, I'm going to like text you again. Be like, hey, did you get my text message? And I'm tired of doing that. I'm tired of constantly chasing. I'm I'm tired of constantly pursuing. Like, I want to be chased. I want to be pursued. I want to be desired. I want to know that you care about this friendship as much as me. So I'm done. So I'm not going to be texting that friend who I haven't heard from in four weeks. And if she does decide to text me, like, we're going to have another conversation about this. Because I just think it's plain rude. And if you don't want to be my friend, just tell me. Like, I can obviously take the hint. Okay, like, this girl might not want to be my friend anymore because she hasn't responded in four weeks. Okay, like that's why I'm not going to reach out because it's clearly not that important to her or she just wants to end the friendship and she's just deciding to ghost me, which is fine because I've ghosted people too. But it really sucks when you're ghosted by people who you think are your friends and like who you genuinely have a relationship with and then all of a sudden you just never hear from them again. It really sucks and it's something to get I've really had to work through and like just learn like, hey, fine, you don't want to be my friend? Okay, I can move on from this. I can mourn this. Let's move forward with our lives. Now, I want to share kind of a sad story with you about a girl who I thought was my best friend, but it turned out to be a really tragic story. Here we go. There was a girl, her and her husband just moved to Arizona because her husband got a job at the church that I was going to. And I was on the welcome team. And so I was greeting people as they were coming in and her and I, I greeted her and we just clicked instantly. It was like an instant friendship. Well, what I thought was a friendship. And then we started kind of hanging out. I I joined her life group. She called it the girl gang. And so I was like part of the girl gang. And there was like a lot of false hope in the church when it came to those friendships. Because the church really promotes friendships. The church really promotes community and walking walking side by side with people through the ups and the downs right and like because of all of the rejection and everything that I went through like growing up and into being an adult I I've always I've been looking for that and like that's another reason why like Christianity I was really drawn to it is because I feel like it was like promising everything that I could have ever wanted but anyway so we became friends fast And I kind of started noticing that I was like really opening up to her and I would like cry in front of her. I would like express myself and she never expressed emotion to me. And looking back, I feel like that's a red flag just in my mind because we would use this app Marco Polo. And I remember I'd Marco her and I would just be like, I've had a really hard day. This is what's going on. And I would start to cry because I felt comfortable. I felt like she was a safe person that I could open up to. And it was never reciprocated. So, okay. So I just kept moving on with the friendship. Then she would like invite me over to her house. And I actually like really loved this. Like when it would be after work, I would just come over and I would just get to like do life with them. I would just get to see like what a healthy marriage looked like. I would get to see them and I would get to be part of like their nighttime routine, like cooking with them, like cleaning up, helping with their daughters, you know, just talking to her and her husband. And then we did this Bible study together. So we just like 
I, I really felt like it was everything that I had ever looked for. Like having this relationship, them inviting me in, you know, all these things. Well, then as the friendship went on, I, I started to say, hey, like, do you want to do something other than me come over to your house and like spend time with you and your family? Like, do you want to go shopping to the mall, like to the movies, whatever? Because she had mentioned like, hey, let's go shopping. So I kept trying to bring it up and she just kept turning me down like, no, I haven't spent time with my husband this week. I really need to spend time with my husband, but you can come over on Monday after work. And so I just went with it. Because like I wasn't seeing the red flags, right? So I just went with it. So I just went over there. And then I just kept trying to like get us to hang out outside of her house. And she just kept saying, no, no, I need to spend time with my husband. No, I need to spend time with my children, which I understand. Like they are your first priority. I get that. But I also know it's okay to step away from your husband and your children to like spend time with your friend. I feel like that that's healthy. So anyways, then I just kept noticing the same pattern as, well, you can come over, you can come over. Okay. So then I, I just really was like, huh, this does not seem right. Like there, there's just something off here. And then she, her and her husband decided to move back to Oklahoma. That's where they were from. And I was so sad because I really thought, oh my gosh, God answered my prayers. He brought me a best friend. Like this girl and I were like, I thought thick as thieves. We talked every day. We marcoed every day. We did a Bible study together every day. We prayed for each other. We went to church together. We worshiped together. Like we, we were friends. And she was like the best friend that I had always prayed for. And she even told me like, there was things that she told me, like, you're the type of friend I've always been looking for. Like, I can't believe that we are friends. This is something I've always wanted. You know, all these things, right, that made me really believe her. Like, wow, like, we're going to be best friends. Then they decided to move back. And I was like, okay. So I was, like, trying to, like, mourn the fact that I was, like, losing my best friend. And then the last day that we were together right before she moved, I was crying as I was giving her a hug. And she said, there's no crying in baseball as she was hugging me. And I thought, that's a very strange thing for you to say to me right now. And then we end, we, I left and then basically she just forgot about me. She moved back to Oklahoma and I stopped hearing from her. We stopped marcoing. We stopped talking. I got really frustrated and I sent her a text and I said, yo, like, what's up? Like, we were talking every day and like now I'm barely hearing from you. And I get it. You're going back to your old life where you have your old friends and your old church and whatever. But like, are you just going to forget about me? And then she got mad because she thought that I was expecting too much of her and like needing too much of her time. So then the friendship ended. Then we tried to get back like we tried to be friends. And then I just ended it because I was like, you've hurt me so much. And it, it's, it was never going to be the relationship that I wanted it to be. It was never going to go back to the way that it was before. And it was never going to progress forward. And it just, there was so many red flags. I was just so blind to because I was so, I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the one. So after I went on some healing, I did a little healing journey with that. And I started to just learn more about boundaries and my feelings and everything. Um, Havila Cunnington, I talked about her in my self-love episode. And I think it's in one of the videos that I actually linked in that episode. She talked about like, if someone doesn't 
respect your feelings or your emotions or if someone doesn't acknowledge your feelings or emotions like that's a toxic relationship and you need to get rid of them and I thought oh my gosh that's exactly what she did when I was crying to her and she said there's no crying in baseball she didn't even acknowledge that I was sad like she didn't even acknowledge that this friendship was going to be changing she didn't even have a conversation with me about it nothing she just said there's no crying in baseball gave me a hug and then I left Like that was our final goodbye after we had spent months cultivating this months together. Like you invited me over to your home and you're just going to say there's no crying in baseball. So I all I have to say is and I've experienced one other person like this and I we don't talk anymore because I was over at her house like literally crying on her table and she basically just looked at me like I was a freak and All I can say is there's probably some people out there who don't know how how to handle emotions. And those people I don't have time for. Like if I'm your friend or if we are friends or if I think we're friends and I come to you crying, like I expect you to embrace me with a hug and being like, let's talk about this. Like I'm here for you. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to help you. Like we're going to go through this together because that's the type of friend that I am. And so that's my expectation back. But like a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't have that same mentality. So that's why I have to like lower my expectations and like not give all of myself to these people because if they're not able to reciprocate it, I'm not going to give it. Now I'm going to call myself out and I'm going to give a story of when I was a bad friend. So when I had joined the church and after being in the church for a little while, you know, the church really promotes, at least the church that I was a part of, which was non-denominational Christianity. Um... They really promoted that if you have someone in your life who is not leading you towards Christ or who is someone who's not like you, you need to end the friendship. And so that's what I did with one of my really, really great friends. So I was a coward and I emailed her and I basically told her, like, we can't be friends anymore. And then she never responded. And I know that that really hurt her and I know that really broke her heart and I'm so sorry and that I did that because that was so wrong of me to do. But like I didn't know any better because I was trying to be this good Christian. I was trying to live this new life, you know, the new life in Jesus that they all tell you about. Like I was trying to do right by God, by what I thought that God wanted me to do. And so we didn't talk for a few years. Then 2020 came and I really felt like I needed to reach out to her. So I reached out to her. I think I apologized to her and I felt like we kind of like mended things. Then last summer, 2022, when I finally left the church, I just really started thinking about her. And I was like, man, like, I wonder what she's up to. Like, I wonder if she would take me back as a friend. So I was just driving one day and I had no intentions of just showing up at her work, but I ended up driving to her work. It's just like I was actually on my way to Staples to get some ink and she works at a place right next to Staples. And like instead of driving to Staples, I like ended up in the parking lot of her work. And I was like, well, I have no plan. I haven't talked to her in like years. So hopefully like I just went to the store and I ended up finding her and she was there and I just said hi and she was like hi and I told her that I left the church and I told her that it was a really bad experience and all this thing and I basically said like do you want to be my friend again like will you take me back and she she was like yeah and I'm sure she was really unsure about the whole thing 
which I don't blame her because I totally was a coward and I totally was just so mean when I did that. But again, I thought I was doing what I had to do. And so looking back, that relationship that I had with her before I ended the relationship was very special. And she was my best friend. And I I had already said I've never had a best friend. I did have a best friend in her. I was just really blind to it. I mean, and she was there for me right after the breakup, which the breakup is what led me to Christ. She, she, we like, I love you so much. And I'm so grateful and thankful for the friendship that you had. And I just like feel like such a jerk that I ended it because I thought I had to. And I'm also so grateful that she has taken me back. And our relationship is very, very different now than what it was before. But I'm excited for the relationship. I'm thankful for this relationship. Like we like she is one of my best friends. Um, We have great phone conversations like she is in a long term relationship and they have a son and she will leave her boyfriend to like go hang out with me. And I'm just so grateful for that because that's what I need in a friend. Like I need someone in a friend who is going to be able to tell their spouse like, hey, I love you so much. We live together. We spend every minute together. But on my day off, I'm going to go hang out with Jenna. And God, I just love her so much for that because because there's not a lot of people who do that. I would say a majority of my friends will hang out with me when their spouse is either working or like doing something else. But she will literally leave her boyfriend to come hang out with me. And God, I love you. And so I know the sacrifice that she's making to do that for our friendship. Or we'll just have these great like hour to two hour long conversations on the phone. Like she just really fills my cup a lot. So, but one thing that her and I have talked about when we like first started to be friends again, we had both like knew that it was necessary for for her to let me go. Like we both knew that she needed to let me go so I could go and experience what I needed to experience because the Christianity thing, like I would have done that at some point in my life because I was always curious about it. So that's just when I decided to explore it, you know, was the last four years. And so I said to her, like, I'm so grateful and thankful that you let me go. And now I'm back and I'm back like Do you understand what I mean? I mean, I feel like there's a saying, like, if you love something, let it go. And if it comes back to you, it's yours. And like, that's what I did with my friend. That's what we did with each other. And I'm just really grateful. And she's like, yeah, Jenna, I knew I had to let you go. I knew that you needed to go on this journey and you needed to figure some things out. And she's like, and I knew you would be back. Like, I knew you weren't going to stay in Christianity forever. And that quality is a quality I'm looking for in a spouse. Like I want a spouse who's willing to lay their life down and sacrifice their happiness for mine to where if I come to them and say, hey, like we've tried everything and this relationship is just not working out. I want out like I want him to be able to be like, "Okay, let me help you pack up because I want you to be happy. That's a gem. If you can find someone like this, wrap them up in a bow, put them in your pocket, never let them go because that's self-sacrifice and that is love in the most beautiful form and I think in like one of the most highest forms of love that's agape love right that's what they say like that's the way that God supposedly loves you right if you believe in Christianity and Jesus that he sacrificed his life like that's agape love if you find that hold on to that because that's really special well guys I think that does it for this episode of friendships but I can probably guarantee you well probably guarantee that's like a 
that's not how you use proper English. So let me start again. There will probably be another episode on friendships. I feel like I could talk about this subject for hours. I feel like there's always new things that I'm learning about friendships, new stories that I'm going to want to share about friendships. Um, just trying to navigate through it and trying to not get my feelings hurt on the way and trying to be like the best friend that I can be. So thank you for listening. And I hope that you stay tuned because my R&Rs are coming up next. So what I want to rant and rave about today, not everybody is going to get excited about or hyped about or probably even care about because it's like very specific and particular to a certain type of person. But I was listening to, so this is my rant. I was listening to my favorite Enneagram podcast and it's called the Enneagram journey with Suzanne Stabile. And Suzanne was talking to her guests about adoption. And Suzanne has been really open about her journey with adoption because she was adopted. And then her couple, excuse me, the guests that she had on her podcast, the couple, they've adopted all their children. And Suzanne just said something that just spoke to my soul so deeply. And I thought it was just so good. And I also want to say that Suzanne is Christian and her guests are Christian. Um, But I also know that Suzanne has a, a son who's gay. Is it a son? Yes. And he's married. And her um, husband like used to be a father, a father in like the religious term. And now he is still like um, a pastor. His title isn't pastor. I'm not sure if he's a it's a title of a minister, but I believe it is a presbyterian church. Now I'm just speaking out of my butt. I should just stop. Anyways, I will say that the church that she and her husband attend and the church that he oversees is a more of a progressive church, right? Like they believe in gay and gay marriage. They support gay marriage. Like, and I really like that because I believe in that too. So anyways, just a little context. So Suzanne said, this is what she said to her guests. She said, the thinking that God is going to reward you for your good work is just simply not true. And what they were talking about um, and in the context of, of adoption is, you know, the Bible says that we are to take care of the orphans and the children. Oh, my gosh. That we're to take care of the orphans and the widows. And so a lot of Christians have this mentality of, okay, well, we're going to adopt because that's what God wants us to do. Or we're going to adopt because that's what that's how God is going to be happy with us. Or we're going to adopt because we want our promise, right? Like if we do this, like God will reward us with this. And I believe that that's kind of part of the prosperity gospel. But I have to tell you, like a lot of Christian churches preach that. Your church might not preach that, but the church I went to did. The things that I see on the internet, that's exactly what they say. And so when she just said that, it just like made my heart feel so good because we know that that's just not true. Like God doesn't reward you for your good works. And it's so funny because the church so much preaches about grace, but then they want you to do A, B, and C, and D. And Suzanne was really saying that and made that comment as like a warning. Like if you think that adoption is easy, you're wrong. Like if you have the mentality of I'm going to adopt because this is this is the right thing to do because God calls us to do this because we want to be obedient to God, like you're in the wrong mentality and you're going to be in for like a rude awakening. She was just saying adoption is so much more than that. It's so much harder than that. It's it's so 
yeah, I can't even like put the rest of it into words because the way she phrased it was just so good. And so that's just my rant for today is like, don't do something just because you think it's going to please God. Like make sure you're doing it with the right mentality of, hey, let's lay out the, the pros and the cons. Let's lay out, is this something we really want to do? Or is this something we feel like we have to do or we should do because we're Christian and we want to please him? Just a little thought. What I want to rave about this week is the Greatest Showman soundtrack. Okay, you know that I'm a theater nerd. You know that I perform in musicals. And we recently did the revival show. And two years ago, the studio that I dance with and that I teach at, they did the Greatest Showman as the adult musical workshop. I was not in that one, but we like revived two of the numbers from that workshop and from that musical workshop for the revival show. And one of the songs that we danced to was From Now On, which that's not the song that I'm going to rave about today. But if you guys like musical, like musical theater stuff, if you like musical, I encourage you to listen to that song. But the song that I want to rave about is like The Greatest Showman. The Greatest Showman, it's like the theme song of The Greatest Showman, the movie. It is just so good. It gets me so hyped up. I really just started listening to it like this week. And I was like, where has this song been my entire life? It's just like the musical lover inside of me I just want to get up I dance I sing I listen to it like all the way I like to listen to my music loud like I have this saying I like my cars fast and my music loud you know you get it if you're like me but I just love this song and it brings me so much encouragement and when I'm having a really down day I just put the greatest showman like soundtrack on and I just listen to the greatest showman theme song over and over and over again and it's just so good and so I've linked it below And I included like the, just the like audio version. And then I also included the like lyrical sing-along version because it includes like uh, the snippet or the scene from the movie that that song is performed in just so you can like get the feel of it more. And like, you could just be a part of it and it makes makes you feel like you're there, but listen to the song, play it on repeat because I think you guys will love it. That is all I have for you on this episode of A Conversation with Jenna. But remember, the conversation doesn't have to end here. If you have thoughts and opinions on my thoughts and opinions, you can email me at aconversationwithjenna at gmail.com. I can't promise that I will respond to every email, but I would love to hear from you. Also, please rate and review my podcast on whatever platform you listen on. I would greatly appreciate it. Don't let the things you want make you forget the things you have. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait to talk with you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you.